Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka. Today is Tuesday, April 26, 2022. I'm Peter Apathy, and this is Raven News. When the Sitka Assembly meets tonight, it will consider funding repairs to a section of the Sitka Cross Trail, which was damaged by a landslide earlier this year. In late January, a section of the trail between Kramer Avenue and Cascade Creek was washed out during a heavy rain event, rendering it impassable. According to a memo from Public Works Director Michael Harmon, repairing the washed-out section of the cross trail will cost around $30,000. The city plans to hire Troy's Excavation to do the work and have set a deadline of June 15th to complete the repairs. The Sitka Assembly meets tonight at 6 p.m. Raven News will broadcast the meeting live following Alaska News Nightly. An expert on marine geology and a leading researcher on the Queen Charlotte Fault says the recent earthquake swarm under Mount Edgecombe near Sitka is typical of volcanic activity near a plate boundary. Like the geologist at the Alaska Volcano Observatory, Dr. Gary Green is not suggesting an eruption is imminent, if one occurs at all, but he does think that the dynamics of the fault are responsible for the movement of magma below Mount Edgecombe, which has been dormant for centuries. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Queen Charlotte Fault runs offshore southeast Alaska almost perfectly straight for over 500 miles. It's a rare geological feature called a leaky transform fault, where the North American and Pacific plates continually slip past each other. Because it's a plate boundary, the Queen Charlotte Fault is deep, extending down through the Earth's crust and into the mantle. Thousands of years ago, the movement of the fault opened a conduit in the crust, and molten magma pushed through and formed the Mount Edgecombe volcano. Dr. Gary Green thinks that the April 11th earthquake swarm indicates that the process may be underway again. When magma starts heading towards the surface, it, uh, it remelts uh, the rock that is there, and uh, it fractures that rock, and the fracturing is what causes the earthquake. So as the magma starts to move up into the crust and, and get closer to the surface, you start getting these, these uh, low-magnitude low earthquakes, which, uh, which were experienced last week. And then um, uh, it, it can shut off, um, which it sounds like it has now, um, but it can start again. Uh, any time, and um, if the fault moves some more, uh, it can cause dilation again and then cause some more magma to reach it, start reaching up towards the surface. Green is retired from a long career with the U.S. Geological Survey. He's an emeritus professor at the Moss Landing Marine Lab at San Jose State University, and he holds a research faculty position with the University of Washington's Friday Harbor Lab. But his specialty of late has been mapping the undersea Queen Charlotte Fault, and the Mount Edgecombe volcano is a product of that fault. The Queen Charlotte is tectonically active and reliably produces measurable earthquakes, which usually propagate laterally along the fault. The April 11th swarm was located under the mountain, and the quakes appeared to migrate upward from deep in the crust to shallower depths. But like his peers at the Alaska Volcano Observatory, Green says it's too early for dire predictions. I mean, the good sign is that this might just be a hiccup. It just started, and uh, there was much pressure below and much dilation to cause this thing to really start to 
break towards the surface uh, in an explosive event, but it also could be a precursor to what may occur uh, sometime in the future. Most Sitkins by now are probably envisioning Mount Edgecombe blowing its top and clouds of ash billowing into the sky like the famous eruption of Mount St. Helens in 1980. Again, Green says the structure of the Queen Charlotte Fault probably wouldn't lead to anything that dramatic. He pictures something a bit more tame. This volcano is not uh, like uh, the volcanoes that sit down off of Seattle, for instance. Uh, And it's not like a St. Helens volcano. So these types of volcanoes generally have a small amount of uh, explosive activity at the beginning of of an eruption. Uh, A lot of ash will come out, Um, but generally, after a while, it dies down, and uh, they're they're more similar to a Hawaiian type of volcano. One of the most active volcanoes in Hawaii isn't on the Big Island itself, but just offshore. Green says this could be a possibility for Mount Edgecombe, which isn't a lone volcanic peak, but one crater of many in a large volcanic field along the southwest rift which links Kruzoff Island, where Mount Edgecombe is located, to the Queen Charlotte Fault 12 kilometers away, under the seafloor. An eruption somewhere along the rift is as much a possibility as an eruption on Mount Edgecombe. No one knows for sure right now. Although he's mainly a student of the fault, Green is glad the USGS is taking an active interest in what's happening in Mount Edgecombe. If I were really studying the volcano in any detail, he says... I'd want to get some instruments out there. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Alaska Volcano Observatory on Friday released new satellite radar data showing almost 11 inches of uplift over a broad area of the Mount Edgecombe crater since 2018, confirming that recent seismic activity under the crater is volcanic in origin. No eruption is thought to be imminent, however. You can find more information on our website, kcaw.org. Wrangell's volunteer firefighters and state transportation officials held an airport disaster drill last Wednesday to prepare for the worst. As KSTK's Sage Smiley reports, Wrangell's grade schoolers and other community members pitched in as responders and volunteer victims for the drill, held once every three years. Cries for help ring through the air as afternoon shadows lengthen along the gravel pit at the north end of Wrangell's airport. Around 30 people, mostly Wrangell students, are scattered around the rocks, seemingly covered in bruises and blood. Closer inspection, though, shows the bloody noses and head wounds are made with doctored chocolate syrup. The bones, peeking out from ankles and thighs, are actually scraps of wood, glued in place and doused in syrupy fake blood. And the volunteers have beige cards strung around their necks, with their ailments written out, from lacerations to shallow breathing. Black and yellow-suited members of Wrangell's volunteer fire department spread across the pit, carrying wrist tags that will help sort victims into priority groups. Victims in the most dire circumstances on the red tarp, less pressing cases on the yellow, least worrisome on the green. Any more hands back here, Chris? Yeah, I think there's a bunch of them back here. Jordan, I hear some moaning over there. All of these people, the students and fire volunteers, along with Wrangell's police chief and State Department of Transportation officials, are taking part in a once every three years disaster drill, a simulated plane crash. 
Fire Captain Dorian Spray says the drill is meant to test Wrangell's emergency responders. State transportation officials can't respond to most crises by themselves, there are only four of them, so they've got to call up Wrangell's volunteer firefighters for mutual aid. During the drill, responders deployed a rescue raft to get a sense of how they look and operate. Then, DOT's yellow-green fire truck turned its hoses on a junk truck full of flaming wooden pallets. Wrangell's fire department brought out its water taker truck, and volunteers manned another hose from the side of the state's truck. Spray says the event helps the firefighters practice triage, treatment, and transport on volunteer victims. Generally, in the past, we have participated and brought them up to the hospital. And so this year, um, Search has its own drill planned in June. So we did just part of it, right? We, we just did the, the fire suppression and the, um, the, the simulation for triage. Um, and, and we didn't transport anybody to the hospital, which I know some of our victims were very disappointed, but we'll get that in June. <laughs> Spray says the practice is also a great test of where the Wrangell volunteers stand as a department. Um, it shows us um, our vulnerabilities, but also our capabilities. So we have some highlighted things to work on going forward. Um, but overall, I mean, we did a great job. The fire's out and all of our, um, all of our victims are <laughs> accounted for. So, and that's what we want. As for what the Wrangell volunteer firefighters will be working on, Spray says the main focus will probably be plain old practice. We have seven new members on the department and COVID just in general um, kind of put a hold on all of our training. So for some of these, for newer members or our brand new members, just getting a hose line in their hand, right? Uh, that that feel is not something you, you have every day. And so making sure um, that they're comfortable with that. That's going to be, I think, number one. And that's on our meeting schedule for, for next week. So <laughs> we'll start there. Back at the fire hall, still sporting fake blood and gore, students lined up for hamburgers and hot dogs. Spray manned the door to a freezer full of ice cream bars and supervised kids using baby oil to try and scrub off makeup and fake blood. I had like a lot of like cuts, of, like big cuts and stuff. And a few bruises, it was fun. Holding a burger, third grader Arya Donowski says she liked being a victim, except when her foot got caught in some of the boulders. During the simulation, fifth grader AJ Roundtree says she and Arya pretended they were sisters, alone at the crash site, except for each other. That was funny, because I'm like i best friends with her actual sister. Both say the hardest part was the waiting. We had to pee for the longest time. <laughs> Everything else, from the makeup to the free food, was fun. Spray says she's grateful to the community for coming out to volunteer on short notice. I just want to really put a big thank you out there to everyone. It was last minute that we put out the request for volunteers and it was overwhelming. And she says she's glad responders were able to make it through the drill without being called out on a real emergency. In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. I'm Peter Apathy and this has been Raven News.